Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear Christian friends, because our Wisconsin Lutheran School is divided up into three campuses, it's difficult to have all the kids together. And yet our faculty and our staff work hard to get the students together as much as possible. And they did this this last Friday with their first Friday fall fun day that the students were all here, 170 plus students, divided into 10 color teams. And then they met together for Bible study, crafts, and other activities. And then they spent a beautiful 60-degree sunny fall day down the road at the park on West Boulevard. And they did their outside activities there. And it was great seeing the older students, the 7th and 8th graders, taking on leadership responsibilities with the little ones. I walked around at 2 o'clock and was looking for my wife, found her in the second grade classroom, and I also found a kindergartner all curled up on the floor. And then when it was time to come back into here, one of the 8th graders taking his hand and leading him here. But I think what was the greatest part of the day was sitting here in chapel with the entire sanctuary filled up with those 170 plus students and the little ones out singing the older ones and singing the Gloria and the Deum like we sing today. We are called to strengthen the faith of these little ones. It is our calling as pastors, teachers, parents, grandparents, godparents, and fellow Christians to protect these little ones from those who want to cause them to sin. And our little children need protecting. It seems as if the gates of hell have opened wide to dispense all kinds of deviant and degenerate doctrines. Critical race theory in schools, woke indoctrination in curriculum, the transgender agenda in media, the gay and lesbian agenda in social media and in, uh, and in everything else in Hollywood, the drag queen story hours in our libraries, TikTok and Instagram specifically targeting little children for addictive behaviors. And as Christians, we rightly see that there are those who are grooming children for these doctrines, these teachings that are straight out of the pits of hell. That the evil in this world is attempting to cause our little ones to sin. And Jesus has some very strong words for those who do this. He says, temptations to sin are sure to come. But woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for that person if a millstone would be hung around his neck and he would be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. A millstone is a huge round flat stone that is used for crushing wheats and other grains. These millstones would weigh several hundred pounds. Well, Jesus is talking about those who cause little ones to sin, that he would take this millstone and hang it around these neck, their necks, and then these millstone-wearing miscreants would be thrown into the sea. But doesn't Jesus sound harsh here? Kind of rude, unkind, out of character? Because Jesus is certainly a loving God and a gentle and kind person. And he is patient as you hear in this text. 
he is patient with those who accidentally fall into sin because he realizes that we are sinful by nature. But he has no patience for those who deliberately and consciously sin. He definitely is furious about those who specifically target little children to harm them with sin spiritually, mentally, physically. Jesus loves the little children. He has allowed these children to be with us for a little while. And he wants them back with him. And so he wants us to bring them to faith, to bring them to church, to be baptized in him, to grow in faith in him, to pray to him, respect him, love him, worship him, and then to be with him eternally in heaven. Our job as Parents, grandparents, godparents, pastors, teachers, and fellow members is to protect these little ones and keep them safe. A rancher in South Dakota was lamenting to his new pastor one day about what had happened the night before. He told his pastor how some coyotes or a pack of wild dogs had attacked his flock and slaughtered 40 of his lambs. This new pastor who had just come from the big city seemed to ask what was a logical question, asking, well, I'm sad that they've killed 40 of the lambs. How many of your ewes and rams did they attack? The, the rancher refused to roll his eyes, and he politely and kindly explained to his pastor, Pastor, you should know that coyotes are wild dogs. They will never, ever attack an adult sheep as long as there are little lambs that they can go after. And the rancher was right about coyotes and lambs, and he's also right about the devil and little children. The roaring lion of Satan, the coyotes of the world, the wild pack of demonic dogs, they are after our little children. They find them irresistible because they see that children are so trusting and kind and naive. The dark and damned forces of this world know that if they can bring children down, then these initial inroads may have lasting, even everlasting outcomes to spiritually slaughter these little ones. That is their goal for their evil. And Satan includes human adults in this cause. And so Jesus is not playing around about putting a millstone necklace around these people. This is not an empty threat. He is serious. There are consequences. The day will come to those who attacked his little children that they will call for an end that will not come to the unquenchable fires of hell. When I've been on the bike trail here in Racine down through Kenosha, and as I'm biking, I see parents with their little children walking alongside them hand by hand or pushing them in the stroller. And when a person with a dog walking along comes by and that dog barks at the children or even lunges a little bit, the parents instinctively will put themselves in harm's way between their children and the dogs. They will get themselves in a defensive position because that's what parents are called to do. And that's what all of us are supposed to do with the children in our care. 
But unfortunately, that's not the case. We see parents who lovingly and religiously strap their children into the safety seats in their cars but aren't religiously also bringing their children to sit in the safety of the seats of church. We see parents who have a great concern when their children are ill and then take them to the doctor, but do not see that spiritual ill that is inside of their children and then give them a healthy dose of Jesus by bringing them to the great physician of body and soul. We see grandparents who lovingly feed their grandchildren, but don't then also do not feed their grandchildren with Jesus and his word when they are in their care. I see godparents who proudly stand at the baptismal font to make their vows of faithfulness, of raising their godchildren in their baptismal faith, but then to not carry out those vows of reminding their godchildren of what happened at that font. We see caregivers care enough to read stories to their children but not include in those stories the true tales of a father who loved his children enough to give up his one and only son to be their savior. We see families who are exercising their bodies at athletic events but not exercising their faith by coming together as a family for worship and Bible study and Sunday school. We see parents who are diligently checking over their children's homework, but not also diligently checking over their children's phones for social media, text, music, internet searches, or viewing habits. As we sang a few minutes ago, brothers, sisters, let us gladly give to God our all our best. Together, we gather together as brothers and sisters in the faith in protecting our children's minds, bodies, and souls. All of us in this church, whether they are our children and grandchildren or whether they are in the children in our church and school, we dedicate ourselves to protecting and preserving these little ones who have been entrusted to our care for such a short time. The Lord has called us to help in teaching these children so that they can stand up to temptation, to stand alongside of their rescuer and redeemer who stood up for them. But all of us know how hard this is. Protecting our little ones from the devil and his temptations, from the world and its attractions, the children from their own sinful weaknesses. It's important. Possible, it seems. How can we ever do this on our own? We can't. And that's why we join with these, those first disciples in crying out to Jesus, increase our faith. Because this kind of diligence on, for our little ones, this takes a strong faith, an enduring faith, a heroic faith. And so we cry out, increase our faith, supersize us. But then Jesus says, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could tell this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey, would obey you. Now Jesus isn't saying that we should desire only a small faith. But he is saying that if you have that small faith but it is placed in the right place, then you can do great things. Then you could move mulberry trees 
if God wanted you to move mulberry trees. Faith is as great as the object that you believe in. And so even a faith that is as tiny as a small mustard seed, as long as it is connected to Jesus, is able to exercise Jesus' divine, devil-crushing, death-destroying, grave-opening, life-redeeming power. To us, faith seems like a volume knob. It's big or small, strong or weak, loud or soft. But God sees faith as an on-off switch. That as you have that faith, that when that faith is on, that will carry you through the darkest and scariest of times. Because we are rightly afraid of these millstone-wearing predators that are out there looking to harm us and our children. And so we need to have a faith to protect those children. And you can have a 5,000-watt faith And yet, if it's not plugged into a source that works, if that outlet doesn't work, your faith doesn't work. Your 5,000-watt faith doesn't shine. But if you have faith as small as a 15-watt bulb, and you're in the darkest room possible, and yet you are plugged into a power source that works, that 15-watt bulb, it shines brightly in that dark room. And so... If you're looking to increase the wattage of your faith for protecting and preserving yourself and your children, you just need to plug into the right outlet. That outlet is Jesus. And that's what we do here week to week. We plug into Jesus. Have you ever thought about why we sit the way we do in our sanctuary? That we don't sit in a circle looking at each other. Instead, we sit the way you do so that you are looking forward to the altar, the symbol of God's presence, that he is here with you. You sit here in this sanctuary looking forward at the stained glass window, remembering that Jesus is your good shepherd who laid down his life for you, that you as adults are the sheep gathered around his feet. Little ones, you are the lambs that are in his arms for safekeeping. And he gives you that promise that's there as well. If you're in Jesus' hands, no one and nothing can snatch you out of his hands. You see the font where instead of Jesus drowning us because we have a millstone around our necks, he takes that millstone away from us. He puts it on himself. Instead, he does still drown you, but he drowns your sinful nature in those baptismal waters. There at the altar. God doesn't demand that you come forward in service to him. Instead, he comes in service to you. As he serves you with his own son's body and blood that is really present in that bread and wine for new life and forgiveness and salvation. You see, the processional cross where you don't come with a strong faith and tossing around mulberry trees. Instead, you have faith in the strong one who put himself up on that cross, was crucified for you, so that through his crucifixion he could step down and crush the head of the strong one and bind him up forever in hell. Jesus rightly warns, watch yourselves. Brothers and sisters, the roaring lion of Satan, the coyotes of the world, and the demonic pack of dogs of this world are after you and your children. 
but especially after your children. But you are God's designated defense against these predators. I encourage you. All of heaven urges you. Jesus Christ gives you the calling. Stand up for these little ones. Do what is right, not what is fashionable or easy or expedient. Connect yourself and connect them to their Savior. Put them into the arms of their shepherd for safekeeping. Grow their childlike mustard seed faith. Avoid leaving them ever unprotected. Give them that faith in Jesus, even if it is that small as a mustard seed in Jesus Christ. That small faith is enough to give them repentance, even if they commit the same sin seven times against you in the same day. That seed of faith that is strong enough to allow them to forgive you and others when they are sinned against seven times in the same day. A faith that is strong enough to serve their Lord and Savior. Yes, Jesus may sound harsh when he is talking about millstones and mustard seeds, but that just shows his passion. He is passionate. He is serious about little ones. We cannot leave them alone. So exercise Jesus' almighty power by continually to pray, Lord, increase our faith. Amen.